in a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes can cost far more than dollars. One oil and gas sales expert, one HSE professional, and the greatest PPE provider on the planet must come together. Two men, one brand, one mission. Red Wings Oil and Gas HSE Podcast with Mark LaCour and Patrick Pister starts now. Hey, it's Mark LaCour, and this show is for everybody who has an interest in HSE in the oil and gas industry. Brought to you by Red Wing, the leaders in PPE, ensuring your people go home safe every day. Joining me today is my favorite backup host, Paige Wilson. Hey, Mark, how's it going? We're doing this a lot lately. Where the heck is Patrick? Uh, beats the heck out of me. I don't know, but take that, Colin. I'm the favorite backup host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Colin's uh, another one of our hosts with another one of our new shows coming aboard. And we know what's going on with Patrick. So audience, don't worry about them. Patrick's moving. Uh, he needs a little bit of time off. So Paige is gracious enough to jump in his seat and uh, and do his job and do it very well. Thank and you. Paige, we have guests today, don't we? We sure do. Who do we have? We have Mark Traha and April Corville with Safety Management Systems. It's like a good Cajun names, huh? I'm telling you. Yeah, and if our audience doesn't know this, both Paige and I are from Louisiana and uh, Mark and April are as well. So Mark, April, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So before we get into this, April, you stalked us, didn't you? I did. (laughs) You did. That's how you found us. So you work for Safety Management Systems and your role over there is? Marketing strategist. Marketing strategy. And so you decided to do a little Google searching and you ran across the podcast and you reached out to us and we go, man, y'all are doing some cool stuff over there. Let's get y'all on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for doing that. I hope everybody over at Safety Management Systems realizes the amount of effort you took to Google us and find <laughs> us and get this thing set up. But that's awesome. That's where the world's going to from a marketing point of view. And it's just really good stuff. And, and y'all have brought some really good content here. Now, Mark, before we get uh, too deep into what y'all are doing now, how did you get your start in this industry? I actually started at Acadian Ambulance in 1992 as an EMT basic. Then eventually it kind of led into education which uh, I believe I got into the education department for Acadian in 2000 and have kind of been doing that ever since. And so Safety Management Systems is a subsidiary of Acadian Ambulance? Yes. Yeah. And so for people outside of our Gulf South listening area, Acadian Ambulance is one of the premier ambulance companies uh, literally on the planet. And they've taken their expertise and their talent they've had, and they've turned it to a whole bunch of different business units. And because Lafayette, Louisiana is sort of the Louisiana stepping off point for the offshore in the Gulf of Mexico, y'all naturally gravitated toward oil and gas. And now y'all have all these different robust oil and gas book of businesses. And today we're going to talk about a couple of things, but at a high level, what is safety management systems? Well, they are. So uh, starting with the the step off point for the ambulance, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, but kind of what started them is whenever the oil industry started to grow, they needed medics out on the oil rigs and, you know, offshore. And so they started sending medics out there. And then they had the air med division, uh, which is also uh, located here in Texas and Louisiana. And so they started sending air medical alerts and air units out offshore to treat, you know. Yeah. So what's cool about that, so our audience is an HSE audience, right? But we also have an operational people. And if you're an operational person and you're out in the Permian somewhere, you may not know this, but when you go offshore in the U.S. and you're in an offshore environment, there's medical personnel staged to take care of just in case something happens. And that's one of the things that y'all do, right, Mark? Correct. Mm-hmm. Or, or what Acadian Amlets did, I should say. It started in, I believe it was 1983. They started uh, putting paramedics offshore yeah. uh, and working working with the crews offshore. 
Yeah. And so that just shows the dedication that these upstream operators have to their people. Because, you know, you don't, you're, you don't, you hope there's no incidents. And when you do have incidents, they're rare and far between. But companies are willing to pay to make sure they have the right staff out there in case something bad happens. And that's, that's y'all's sweet spot. That's kind of what developed safety management systems as a foundation. And then from that, it kind of, you know, blossomed from there. Yeah. And so safety management systems, y'all do a lot of stuff. But one of the things y'all focus on is training, right? Yes. And when I say, when I think training offshore, I think of like 60,000 different things. Do y'all have a very, uh, an area that y'all focus on? Yeah, ma- mainly things like uh, the Hewitt training, confined space, fall protection, that type of stuff. So everything in compliance, in accordance with CFR 250 subpart O. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and for the rest of our audience that doesn't know, this page comes from a regulatory background. I have no <laughs> idea what you just rattled off, <laughs> but it sounds like it's important. Yeah, it, it kind of is. Yeah. Is totally. that the requirements for what's needed offshore in the U.S.? For, uh, it's a certification to go offshore in the Gulf of Mexico. So that's the stuff you have to have the search for in order to be able to, to step even on a platform. step on a platform. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Even I didn't know that. Yeah. So y'all, y'all focus on all of that. And then in that process, you, you know, we had lunch today before we turned the microphones on. And one of the things that we talked about I thought was really cool is y'all's membership program. Let's talk a little bit about that. Membership is something new. Uh, we started it in January. Basically, it, it enables a company to uh, pay $200 a month, and that membership will allow them to send employees for several of our courses that are free. Some of them are discounted. We also have an on-site lodging facility that uh, they would be able to stay at at a discounted rate as well. So there's, there's, yeah, the membership is, is definitely worthwhile. So it's kind of cool. So instead of, if I'm a company, if I'm an operator or service company, whatever, I need to send my guys offshore and have to make sure they have the right certs. The old way was I paid per class, right? Now you're telling me that they basically can buy a membership and then they can just send all their people to get whatever certs they need? That's correct. $200 a month. They, as far as for the free classes, they can send as many people as they like. That is that is totally different way of doing stuff. And if I was a company, I'd be looking hard at this because now, number one, I can budget for it because I know exactly what that dollar amount is. But number two, I can make sure all of my guys are in compliance. Yeah. And do y'all keep up with the certs themselves and know when they expire and, and notify the operator or whomever has the membership that they're about to expire? And so, hey, y'all should come out. A lot, a lot of times there's a lot of turnover. So they're not still with the same company by the time it expires. We could do that. But mm-hmm. a lot of times those, com- those uh, employees aren't working in the same company anymore. Okay. All right. Yeah. So when I think about $200 a pop, I mean, that has to be some significant cost savings. Right. And I believe at lunch you even brought up that one of the operators y'all work with saved a, a little chunk of change. Yeah, this particular operator, they joined uh, in March. They became a member in March. They typically spend about $5,700 a month on their employee safety training. And since March, they've saved uh, $17,000 or just over $17,000. That's a a big savings. And they know all their guys are in compliance at the same time. Correct. Mm -hmm. So a couple of questions. So when I think about this type of training, I think about going someplace and sitting in a classroom, but I think y'all also do it on site if somebody needs that. We can do it on site. We, uh, we do travel. We, we go actually all over the United States. As long as we can get the apparatus and the hands-on equipment uh, wherever the course needs to be, we can do it. And one of the things that you brought up over lunch, and this, we're going to keep this kind of a secret, but I have plans for the entire OGGN crew to go back to y'all's facility and do some really cool training. We'll, we'll keep it under wraps for now. That'd be great. <laughs> but one of the things I thought was cool is I was questioning you about this, and it's not like you have a classroom with a projector. You have a full pool with a full uh, helicopter mock-up. The whole thing, yeah. We got the whole, yeah, absolutely. We have the, um, it's a 
I don't remember exactly how many gallons, but it's a huge swimming pool. And we do have a, a Mets uh, 5 trainer there as well. Yeah, so y'all have invested money to make sure that the environment that you're training people in is as realistic as possible, so your training is as valuable as possible. Yes, just just the Mets trainer alone is a million dollars all by itself, without the pool, the building, or anything else. Just Goodness. the Mets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, very expensive. That, that's a good investment just to make sure that the people walk out of your class really, if it happens and they need that training, it's as realistic as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things I've seen a lot in this industry is that when you learn stuff in the classroom, you don't actually get to put your hands on it. Or if you have an instructor who actually hasn't been in that situation, the training is still valuable, but it's nowhere near as useful when it's done real world in the real work environment with somebody that's actually done that job. Correct. Mark, you know, back to that question. So are your trainers all academia or we got guys who have actually worked in the field? Man, I have I'm, all of my guys are great. They've been with us for a while. And they're from all, all walks. Uh, we have a couple of nationally registered paramedics who do our medic first aid and EMR training. Those guys are awesome. I think both of them have been with Acadian about as long as I have, which is, I think, 26 years. One of them, uh, actually, when I started on the ambulance, he was my preceptor. He actually taught me back in the day. So he's one of our trainers of about 27 years with experience. Uh, I have one retired Coast Guard guy who does our Coast Guard training. Mm-hmm. I recently had one that retired about two weeks ago. He was a licensed boat captain. He retired. He's going to be moving back to Oregon. But yeah, the guys are very well experienced and very diverse. Yeah. Man, with that type of training horsepower at your feet, y'all must be able to really move the needle. And you know, I was I was kind of um, breezing through y'all's, y'all's training. <laughs> Instead of, I almost want to say, instead of me asking you about API crane or aircrew patient evacuation or back safety awareness, like, what do y'all not do? I mean, y'all are very comprehensive. It'd be, I often say it, it's easier to tell you what we don't do than what we do, because like you said, that list is, is pretty lengthy. Yeah. And so folks, we're going to put a link in the show notes so you can actually check out this because literally, I, and, and I mean, everything you could want is here in one place. And the thing I like about this is that if a company needs training for its people and their company is growing, y'all can grow with them. So y'all could do a class of 10. I'm guessing you probably could do a class of 10,000 if need be. <laughs> <laughs> we do have an auditorium on site that can hold 300 people. So that's about the biggest we can go on site. But uh, yeah, we could probably do something larger off site. Yeah. So April, back to you. You've, uh, we've spent some time talking, you've traveled a little bit around the U.S., you've, you've been around, you were from Louisiana, you left, mm-hmm. decided to come back, and you're with Safety Management Systems. From a cultural point of view, you know, you've been around, you work for other companies, and you come back and you see this type of dedication to safety where the people really believe in it. How does that make you feel to work for a company like that? So it's pretty incredible, actually, just just the culture of like Mark was saying earlier, a lot of these people have been here for 25 years or more, and they are deeply ingrained in the culture of the company. They're like a family. They've all known each other. They've seen Acadian as a parent company kind of evolve over time. And then also safety management systems as a as a division of that company evolve over time and kind of grow uh, into what it is today. So it's uh, it's pretty awe inspiring in terms of just seeing the amount of knowledge and dedication that come with it. Yeah. And, and to know that you make as a company, as a member of the company, you make this an, big an impact in somebody's life. You know, Lord forbid, we never want to end in this industry, but when it happens, you know, y'all are the people that are there that have not just the training for the people on the rig, but y'all have 
paramedics, y'all have first responders, you have safety guys, all there to make sure that whatever that incident is, it has the least amount of impact to human life as possible. That has to feel great. Right. And we like to say that we're we're the proactive and the reactive. So we're only there to, uh, you know, we're, we're there to help you prevent uh, any incidents that may occur. But if something were to occur, we're also there to help you get through it. So. Yeah. And so we've kind of, we start off with training and I want to make sure people understand that your company does much more than training, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So much more includes you have paramedics. What else? We've got paramedics. Uh, we offer consultants for the industry. You know, so Mark was talking earlier about how, you know, a lot of the companies are hiring again, but maybe they're not at the place where they want to hire someone full time. So we're offering consultants uh, that can kind of, you know, help them get back to where they were and help them grow, but also, you know, save them a little bit of money. Let's stop right there. So Mark, I want to kind of talk about that. So if I'm a small service company and I can't afford to have a full-time safety person on staff to make sure my guys are safe. Y'all can come in and kind of fill that role, but not be on their payroll. Correct. They can do it on uh, multiple different plans. They could come in for a half a day a week, maybe a day a month. I mean, it's basically going to be, they're going to look at what your needs are and kind of estimate exactly how long that's going to take them. And then they kind of go from there. And so you get world-class talent as far as safety in your in your company that you're not paying. I mean, you are paying for it, but it's not on your payroll. It's not employee. But you get access to that type of quality, even if you're a small five-man shop. Absolutely. And at the same time, you can make sure that your people are where they need to be certification, right? So your client, which is the operator, allows your people to get on the rig and do the work that they're being paid to do. Correct. One of the things that the consultants will do, if if that's what you elect or what you need, they can look and check your training records, make sure all the guys are in compliance. And if need be, he can help you schedule them, whether it be with us or another provider, wherever they need to go to get what they need. Yeah. So like, once again, you get the benefits of having a big company safety program, even if you're a small, you know, five man shop. Correct. That's pretty cool. And then we talked about things like training. We talked about the consulting, the safety, but I mean, y'all do even more than that. So remote medicine, right? Remote care. Yep. The paramedics, offshore paramedics. Yeah. And so those guys are stationed offshore just in case somebody has an, uh, something happens and they need that level of first aid support. Yeah. They, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen. So you'll have a paramedic stationed offshore. There's very little accidents that, that you're going to have to deal with. So usually they're cross-trained. Some of them are safety people. Uh, you know, they cross-trained as a safety person or uh, it could be a clerk or, you know, whatever other duties those guys would need. They can, they can assume those roles as well. Yeah. And then another thing I noticed that y'all do is fire prevention, fire prevention training. Mm-hmm. We yeah. do fire prevention training and fire watch personnel. We so can do fire both. watch personnel, how far do you go with that, Mark? Do you actually have a site where you actually set stuff on fire? We do. Are that. you hiring? Yeah. yeah. We, <laughs> we're coming. I want to I set some stuff on fire. <laughs> Illegally. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Uh, the backside of our training center, we actually have a fire, uh, a complete fire field. We are a U- approved U.S. Coast Guard facility. So part of the Coast Guard training that we do is firefighting. Whether it be a two-day firefighting or a five-day advanced, we can do all of that. Yeah. So, April, come back, coming back to you, when you have all these parts and pieces, all these different things that, that you do as a company, from a marketing point of view, how do you figure out I mean, you have like this huge tool chest of stuff that you get to market. How do you figure out what you want to touch first from a marketing point of view? Because this is an interesting slant. We rarely have marketing people on the show. (laughs) (laughs) That's why Patrick's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it comes from within. It comes from internally. You know, the management team knows 
they're out on the front lines talking to the customers and they're, you know, they're talking to the people who have needs. And so, you know, if, if they see that, you know, there's, there's more people that need consultants out there because, you know, they're, they're in that position, then, you know, they come to marketing and they say, all right, look, you know, we've, we've got some consultants and we've noticed that they are constantly coming up with maybe, you know, this issue or that issue. And so let's, let's put something out there that can maybe educate them on how we can help uh, solve that problem for them. So it kind of comes from within. It's definitely not the marketing department that says, hey, we're going to focus on this. It, it comes from, from management, which, you know, management gets it from, from the people. So. so one of the things I think is cool is y'all have a very informative blog. Now I want to stop right there. Oil and gas audience. Do you, hopefully y'all even know what a blog is, but I mean, y'all are doing stuff. Well, they know what a podcast is they, if they're I mean, listening. If they're listening, yeah. It's true. They know yeah. what a blog is. But your, 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 <laughs> your blog is very easy to read. It has a bunch of useful stuff on there. Now it's, it's July in Houston. There's July everywhere in, in, in the United States. I guess everywhere in the world it's July. Good job. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, really? But, it's not July in Louisiana. <laughs> but you know, things. It's Jupiter in Louisiana, Jupiter. actually. <laughs> but you know, things like heat stress is huge. And y'all have a real, y'all have a, a a quick, easy read blog post that we ran across about how to figure out: Are you just hot, mm-hmm. or are you are you getting into a heat stress environment? That comes from you. That's that comes from you. the marketing department sitting there realizing what your clients may have an interest in and putting together information and sticking out as a blog post. Yeah, and you know, typically whenever we do a blog post, we have, like I said earlier, you know, so many of our people have been here for so long; they just have this wealth of knowledge. And so, you know, anytime we have an idea about you know something like heat illness. You know, we have so many medics and just, you know, people that are out there in the sun and they're wearing PPE and sweating, you know, so we get a lot of good feedback whenever we're developing content like that, that they can say, well, you know, this really isn't correct or, well, this is what we see on a regular basis being out in the, in the field. So I'm jealous. So when we create content, a lot of times we have to do research. You walk (laughs) over to the office next door and go, Hey, Bob, (laughs) what do I need to know? What does the audience need to know about heat stress? Pretty much, yeah. That's pretty cool to have all that information at your face. Fingertips, and all you got to do is get it out of their heads and get it on online. Right. Yeah. Which is easier said than done. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 unfortunately, I know what you mean. So let me ask you this. Let me flip that around. So internally, you know, sometimes you have to market internally. Sometimes you have to let the business see the benefits of doing something that maybe they've never done before. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were joking about Instagram earlier, you know, <laughs> so, so you also have to market internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of oil and gas companies, a lot of HSE professionals out there have that same problem where there are certain safety programs or protocols or tools that they see benefit in and they want to help sell it internally so that the company buys into it. And sometimes they struggle. Any words of wisdom around that? Like how do you sell something? Inter- how do you market something internally? So that is actually a challenge that we're currently trying to figure out how to navigate for SMS. And that's a lot of it is because the the team that works for SMS and our employees, they're all remote. You know, they work offshore. They work on on, you know, pipelines out in Ohio or Midland or they're all over the place. So they're not at the office. They're not in front of a computer checking emails. And so we're we're currently trying to figure out how to best communicate with them. So far, the leading solution has just been sending out blast texts because, you know, everybody's got their phone. Everyone checks a text message. You may have your phone and not look at an email, but you're going to look at a text message. So that's kind of where we are at this point. But in reality, just making it as accessible and as easy as possible for them to, to look at it and, you know, educating them that, hey, this is this is a benefit to you as well. And so, 
you know, it's important that you read it or it's important that you look at this because it's going to not only help us, but it's going to help you too. So Yeah. So just so you know that you're in a good place with that, we've been lucky enough to have the head of HSE with Baker Hughes or GE Baker Hughes, National Allwell Varco, several other big companies. They all have that same problem. So really? you're, you're, it's not just us. All, no, they're trying to figure <laughs> out how to communicate internally. And so far from what I've seen, nobody's figured it out completely. Everybody has a little bit different slant on it. Mark, I want to come back to you. There's a couple of things we talk about the show and all the time, and I just kind of want to get your input. So I understand you have a business, one of the world-class training and consulting safety businesses out there based upon the backs of Acadian animals. There's a long history of doing good, high-quality work. If you back up from that and you look at a rig, we'll say offshore, and and you look at what's going on there, how important is the culture of that rig to safety? It's huge. And that's what we would hope that our our guys, our motto is actually uh, protecting lives and changing cultures worldwide. So we try to not only realize what it is, but we try to get our our, uh, employees to kind of embrace it and work with those guys as well. Yeah. So that's a good answer. We've heard that a lot. Unless you have buy-in from the team and whether that team is in town or corporate or on the rig or whatever, it's hard to get stuff done. Now there's a flip side of that too. And this is something I've seen in the last say 10 years, which I think is wonderful. So 12 or 15 years ago, everybody talked about things like employees ability to stop the job. But the truth was in a lot of places, if you stop the job, you have a good reason for it. You were gone. Right. And when there was an incident and they would do an instant investigation, unfortunately, sometimes it was like a witch hunt. They try to find the guy to blame it on and they got rid of him. Lately, it's, we've had the opposite of that. I have seen companies buy into stopping the job to the point where the contractors for the operator can stop the job, even if it's a gut feeling and he doesn't get any flack for it. Have, I mean, you've been in this industry a long time, too. Have you seen those same changes? Absolutely. Anybody can stop a job. Yeah. And then the other side of that is now when there's an incident, this is one of the things I love. Not only is it not a witch hunt, at least not here and in Europe, but they're actually trying to get to root cause. So let's say it was Fred that pulled the wrong valve. 15 years ago, Fred would be gone. Now they keep going and go, why did Fred pull the wrong valve? Did he get enough sleep the night before? Did he have an argument with his wife? Did he have the wrong gloves on? Was he trained? Was, was it a training was he issue? Trained? Was, yep. Did he have the right competencies? Did somebody identify this competency? Right. And then to make this really cool, now I'm starting to see an executive leadership of oil and gas companies realize that if Fred pulled the wrong valve, it's their fault. It's leadership's fault for not knowing what those gaps were. Yes. Yeah. So you, you see that hundred, you see that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it makes you feel good to see that we're, it's no longer about making sure the job gets done. Although we do do that. It's making sure that my people go home safe every single day. We're seeing it in training too. We started in 2003 and back then it was, I look, I just need to get a card, get, get my employee a card so we can get him offshore. That's what we need. Now the, the customers are looking for quality training when they leave, when they want their employees leave our training center, they want them to be competent. Not that they need the cards; they got to be able to get offshore. But they want them to be, know what they're doing and have somebody have checked it off. I think you just said it. Somebody has verified that they saw them do the, the procedures. Yeah, that old thing of pencil whipping, which is <laughs> yes. very, that that caused a lot of of injuries and incidents that didn't have to happen because somebody says, I just need to get it done. I just need a card. That's I just need a card. Yeah. 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 I, I, I love that. I love that we're changing all of that. I love the fact that now when we look at an incident that we actually try to figure out what really happened. And here's another cool thing. In the last, say, five years or so, I'm seeing companies, I've seen major operators who are competitors share safety information. Yes. Isn't that awesome? That 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that was competitive. I would never talk about what happened on my rig, on my shift. Now, now we share it as best practices, even with our competitors, so that we can make sure everybody's safe. Even our competitors, people, we want to make sure they're safe. 
Just go ahead. And you're talking about, you know, looking at safety holistically as a whole, finding what the root cause is, why, why did he pull the wrong lever? So that's kind of the, the changing cultures and, you know, making sure that people get home safely from an SMS standpoint. They have, we have also over the years expanded the offering in terms of not only are we sending medics out to platforms, but they can do wellness checks. They can do wellness testings. They can do, you know. So are you actually talking about things like blood pressure, cholesterol? Cholesterol. Yeah. The whole, they can do a whole health screening to make sure that those workers are healthy and feeling well in order to do their job properly. And you're also looking to the future for the workers benefit. Like you're, if you're doing that, you're spotting potential problems way before they become problems. Correct. That is awesome. That's almost like giving back. No, I mean, it really is. You don't have to do that. You don't have to check somebody's cholesterol, you know, but to let them know that their triglycerides are a little high, they may want to, you know, back off on the McDonald's. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Mark laughs like that's from experience. Have you had that happen, Mark? <laughs> Maybe. All right. So we're getting to the point where we're starting to wind down the show and it's time for our safety tip of the week. April, do you have a safety tip for our audience? You know, one of the things that I would say is that not a lot of offices have any sort of emergency response strategy just in case anything happens. So, you know, I would say that at Acadian, we always know, you know, where the muster points are, where the exits are, what that exit strategy is. Everyone has to back into their parking spots because it is easier to get out if you need to in an emergency. So chances are that your company has that policy in place. But whether or not they're reviewed regularly is probably uh, not a thing. So, you know, review that policy regularly and go over it with your employees to make sure that they know it. Yeah, what a great tip because you're right. The guys in the field, this gets drilled into them. But a lot of times in the office back town, it's not always pushed out there. And everybody that works at the company needs to know the safety protocols. That's, that's a really good tip. So, Mark, I want to come back to a couple things. Here's one I ask a lot of people. You know, years ago, when people talked about zero incidences, they talked about it. And when everybody would leave that meeting, the the management would go, yeah, you can talk about zero incidents, but it's not reality. What do you think about that today? I think it's what we shoot for. I think that um, most of our customers have some sort of a of a motto around that. It seems like that's what, at the end of the day, that's what we all shooting for. Everybody needs to go home safe. Yeah, and I love it. So I've seen it go from that's just a pipe dream to know that's a reality. And I'm seeing major companies have multiple days in a row globally where they have zero incidents whatsoever. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's good for our industry. It's good for our people. One more thing I want to touch on, and then we're, we're kind of winding this thing down. So we have this new younger workforce that's entering our industry. Unfortunately, guys like our age um, are on the way out, this new younger workforce. And one of the things that they need to make sure, that their companies need to make sure, is they didn't come up the same way you and I did, right? They didn't come up spinner winch on some well in West Texas. They don't understand what welding looks like. They don't understand how to change a flat... Nothing against them. Highly educated, super smart people. But when companies are hiring this new younger workforce, training even becomes more important because they don't have the basic mechanical background that you and I grew up with. So when you're looking at this new younger workforce and you're looking at companies that are hiring us, is there something they need to pay attention to to make sure their people are safe, this new younger workforce? Is there some core training, something you need to make sure that everybody has? Well, we're, we're trying to... We're trying to make sure that those guys are competent when they when they leave the training center whatever it is that they're going to be trained for we want to make sure that we've we've trained them in the classroom we take them out in the field and we check them off we get to see what they're doing so most of the guys they're all going to get it the same way they're all they're all get they're going to get it in the classroom they're going to get the message they're going to touch it feel it outside and we're going to have a, a competent instructor sign them off one of the things that we're looking at now uh, we're looking at possibly partnering 
with another company who does uh, something like VR training, the virtual reality. Whoa. These kids are, are, a lot of them are coming up using the video games. So we're, we're trying to see if maybe we can take safety training down that path and maybe that'll be a, a better a reach for those kids. So how cool would it be before you actually went and did fire training that you actually got to walk through it virtually? This way, there's no chance of anybody getting hurt. And if you make a mistake, you learn from it there. Then when you get to the field, you're actually much better prepped. It would probably be just a checkoff. They would do it in the classroom. They would go through the training. They may do something VR in the classroom as well. And then when they get out to the field, it would be an instructor checking off their skills. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool stuff. That's where we're headed. Awesome. Yeah. So at this point, Mark and uh, April, see this bag? This bag is the Red Wing Offshore bag. It has become a cult item. Mm. People offer us ridiculous amounts of cash for this, and you can't buy it, but you can win one. So both of y'all and our entire audience can go to redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. That's redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. Put your information in there. We give away one lucky winner a week. And then if you like the show, do me a favor. Leave us a review. I feel like the redheaded stepchild. Hey, uh, hey. No offense, Paige. <laughs> but, <laughs> but all the other shows get reviews. We haven't got reviews. We know you're out there. We know you're busy. Take the one or two minutes. Go to iTunes. Leave us a review, and we'll give you a big shout out on the show. Then if you go to the website, sign up, uh, give us your email address. We won't spam you. Promise this way you get notified not only of when episodes get released, but also of all of our all and gas events we're doing. And Paige, we've been doing this networking happy hour here in Houston. It's turned into something enormous, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's making me tired. Let me tell you. <laughs> Just thinking about it already. Yeah. And folks, we're out there. We're growing this thing. So we're going to start doing these same happy hours every place there's oil. So Dallas, Austin, Lafayette, New Orleans, Boulder, Denver, we're coming for y'all. If you want to learn about this stuff and more, go join the LinkedIn groups, Oil and Gas Global Network on LinkedIn. We announce those announcements there. And then if you are interested maybe in getting in front of one of our audiences for the podcast or all of them, and you're interested in sponsoring one of these uh, happy hours, it's ridiculously cheap. I think it's $455. We'll put a link to Julie. Uh, you shoot Julie a quick note saying you're interested in sponsoring one, and she'll take care of you. Paige and April and Mark, thank you so much for being on the show. This was awesome. This isn't the only time y'all are going to be on the show. We have further plans. We're going to do a bunch of more stuff, y'all. What y'all doing is groundbreaking. It's making an impact, and it's cool. And, you know, April, I just have to thank you for finding us because I, I don't know if we would have <laughs> ever ran across y'all. And so much of what y'all's doing is making such a big impact in this industry, and we love this sort of stuff. And so, you know, thank you. Somebody needs to buy you lunch back in corporate for actually going through this. <laughs> Mark, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. So before we get out here completely, April, if people want to find out more about what you do, where should they go? They can visit safetyms.com. The training membership is uh, safetyms.com slash membership. And if you're interested, you can find out more information about all the benefits that the membership has and also sign up online. And then let me ask you this. If people want to reach out to y'all personally, I'm guessing LinkedIn is the best place? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. I uh, just found both of you on LinkedIn. Oh, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll put links in the show notes there. So audience, you can just go click. You can check out their website. They're doing some really impactful stuff out there. Check it out. I don't care if you're a two-man shop or a 2,000-man shop. And then if you want to reach out to either Mark April directly, we have their LinkedIn uh, information Yeah, out there. Julie will put that in the show notes. Yeah. Paige, anything else you want to talk about? Yep, that's it. Ready to get out of here? Mm-hmm. All right, folks, don't be afraid to give up the good to go for the great. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Red Wings Oil and Gas HSC Podcast, a production of the Global Oil and Gas Network. Learn more from Mark LaCour at modalpoint.com. Connect with Patrick Pister at leanoilfield.com. From Houston to London to Dubai and beyond.
All right, Mark, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen in the field? We had a new building that was being built uh, that on our on our site at our facility. I left for lunch one day and returned about an hour later, maybe a few minutes later. And they had a huge hole dug right outside of my office. And they had about five workers about 10 feet down in the hole. No safety gear, no shoring, no nothing. Literally right outside of my window. That's a bad one. Yeah. we had to, It was one of those where you had to uh, stop the job. I actually walked over and stopped the whole project. Yeah. So yeah, right outside of my window. A good story, but a kind of a bad story for their manager. Like somebody should have said, hey, we're at a safety company. Maybe we should make sure these guys. You'd be surprised. We've also had people uh, working on the roof that uh, you know, no fall protection, not, not and things like yeah. that. Yeah, not no, not fall protection at all. Crazy. So I would again, have knocked on the window and been like, "Hey, I can see you." <laughs> you know, I don't think they realize you're at a safety company. You just can't show up here and do that. Like we're going to stop you every time. That's crazy. Yeah, it's like those SEO companies that you search for and they don't show, show up. up, show up yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Hmm. That's a good one. 